and welcome to Ghost to Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. I am your co-host, Neve, and I'm joined, as always, by your other co-host, Connor. Welcome back, everyone. And we have not one, but two guests, uh, two special guests. Uh, both of you are, are here on loan from Swim Fans. I don't know which of you want to introduce yourself first. I guess I'll just do, like... Josh, I think, is who I have first listed in the, the little schedule. So, Josh, you want to introduce yourself? Hi. Yeah, um, I have been uh, kidnapped from the Swim Fans Bunker. Um, if you're hearing this, please um, please tell Alex that I'm okay. Um, they are feeding for me now. for now. Um, <laughs> I'm Josh. Uh, I uh, am an artist. That's what I do. Uh, and then we also have Craig. Hi, my name's Craig. Uh, I escaped from the swim fans bunker because Josh and Alex turned off my automatic feeder. Um, so I'm, I'm being fed here, at least. Uh, I am also an artist and a teacher whom, whom teaches art. So it's a, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've got a lot of Cheerios here, so it's no problem for you to, <laughs> to hang out. Yeah. The Cheerios baggie never runs yeah. dry here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so, it's not okay. name brand. I do just get toasted oats, but like, so it's unlimited. Yeah, we're just recording a warehouse. Yeah, we're surrounded by Cheerios and Squirt. Um, also, okay, so Josh and Craig, when when I say like Yuzu, when you think of Yuzu, what like you just think that's tart, right? Like very, like very tart. What does that? What does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have said um, the word sour instead of tart, but I think that's um, a distinction without uh, meaning. Yeah, yeah. I, I similarly would would have said would have said sour, um, but I'm white trash. Uh, <laughs> not, not even once removed, I am white trash. So. So, so, if you were about to eat like or drink something with yuzu, you would expect it to be. It wouldn't be surprising. No, right. not yeah. particularly. That's. <laughs> but like, I'm glad so we have a I've consensus. also had like yuzu candy and like the sweetness and stuff is kind of mal- the the big thing is that like I drank this and this tastes like a sour beer as like a classification sour beer, which is notably different than some beers that are brewed with ingredients that are like souring, but don't have that. They're not sour beers. This is like a sour beer. You know, there's a distinction there. One of them is like, oh, there's like a little bit of like sourness that's kind of complementing like the other flavors going on. This is like, I don't even know why the fuck you're telling me that this is a Berliner, uh, a Berliner style Visa ale. Like, it's it's yeah, just yuzu flavored. Um, I'm I'm picturing um us uh, sitting in like a roundtable discussion of paranoia agent um and um as as one as as one does when uh, drinking like a coffee or a tea um Neve is taking spoonfuls of sugar from the sugar dish and adding them to her beer to make it taste <laughs> the appropriate level of sweetness that she desires. No, so it, it's not about it being so. It was just more sour than I was expecting. Is all Neve, I'm saying. Would you I love say- sour beers, but. Neve, how would you describe the the distinction between sour and tart? Um, so I think there there is a a, a slight difference with tartness that it like specifically in, invokes a certain amount of like puckering that does also occur with sour, but I think sour is just a little bit broader. Uh, tart is like specifically talking about a sour that is like particularly strong. Mm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. The only reason I asked that question is because I knew you'd have an opinion about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like sour, sour. The even the sound of the word, like sour. There's like a there's a softness to it. You know, it, the sounds of the word are are a little bit smoother. Unless you're Whereas Scottish. Tart. Scottish. Tart. Okay. That so, has like. So so a, so, uh, so the simulacrum. So the simulacrum of the concept is informing the concept. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, it's Kiki and Bubbo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're like the the Zella Council in uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, where we're just like the obelisk things, but mine has fallen over and shattered, and I'm dead now. I can't handle this fucking conversation. <laughs> do you do you all do you all know the Boba Kiki thing? Yes. Okay. I, I, I don't. But I was just gonna let it go. 
I'll just post this in our chat and then we can move on. Um, it's basically just a thing of like sounds like sounds do actually evoke concepts like the sounds of words where most people are going to say Kiki is the like pointy shape. And most people are going to say that Boba is the like more round shape here mm. or like, you know, curvy shape mm. um, because like the, the sounds themselves are evoking something. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the reason why you both are here is that we're doing paranoia agent, which um, Josh, it's because we, it's because they were kidnapped. Well, yeah, but so Josh expressed uh, interest in doing Paranoia Agent on the podcast because I've I've kind of reached out being like, what stuff would people be interested in guesting on? Um, and then as I was kidnapping you because you said Paranoia Agent, uh, Craig just shouted, take me with you. So uh, <laughs> that's I'm how hungry. we ended up here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, instead of helping me, he merely um, followed, followed along, yep. <laughs> came along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> I uh, saddled up on his back and just uh, <laughs> went through that stargate on with him. Um, so before we like get into any other intro discussion stuff, uh, I'm just going to do like the quick rundown here. Of course, this is also in the episode description if people want to look there. Um, but of when the, the episodes were releasing for people who want to watch along. Um, so the next episode will come out uh, October 28th, 2022, and that'll be for episodes one through seven. Um, and then we'll finish the series with eight through 13 uh, with an episode on November 11th, uh, 2022. And then question bucket will be two weeks after that, November 15th. Um, and we'll do the, the like record date later but um i mean we'll tell you that in a later episode so if you want to check out the like full schedule you can go to x4odd.io slash diving schedule and that gets you all the series that we're doing that we have planned so far now it's just the section where we talk about our experiences with paranoia agent um i actually don't know if you josh and craig are aware that connor has never seen this before Mm. oh i didn't know that fantastic nope yeah um, so Connor, do you want to start with your experiences? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I don't have any. Yeah. Um, so um, pretty quick. Um, I don't even have like a fragmentary, uh, some sort of fragmentary knowledge, uh, where I've like encountered it peripherally. Um, I just know like literally nothing, um, aside from- You've seen- You've seen other Kone Satoshi stuff, right? Yes, exactly. That's where that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, I've seen other Kone stuff, but um, not never this. So, uh, I think my going into this because at this point we've watched, I've watched uh, episodes one through seven, um, but going in, I really didn't have any um, preconceptions. Yeah. Um. I watched this when it first aired on Adult Swim, which I don't remember exactly when that was, but I feel like it wasn't too long after, like, the the original um, run in Japan. I want to say, like, like 04, like 05. Fit. I was definitely, like, in middle yeah. high school. Yeah, because uh, I think in Japan it released in, like, early 2004, and I feel like it made it over pretty quick. Um, part of that based on the fact that, like, people already liked and satoshi movies and, and who liked anime um so i think that was part of the the impetus to bring it over quickly um but yeah i watched it then and i i watched it like one other time but both of those were easily 10 years ago so i remembered a, a fair amount of it but i'm still uh i didn't remember all the details which i'm coming back to this time so um josh i guess is the the one who originally suggested this is something excuse me yes um yeah uh, i um did catch it occasionally on adult swim um uh i mean we i don't know if this is staying in the podcast but uh, you mentioned uh, you know your early series of standalone complex and i kind of equate them together because they ran at the same time and they were shows that were um, much too um, thoughtful and mature for me as like a 13 14 year old um I was like, when, um, when uh, will somebody uh, shoot a gun or like uh, do an attack name? Um, and of course, uh, neither of those things were happening. Um, but there are two series uh, that I've really come to appreciate for their 
Um, I mean, just their exceedingly good craft um, and their uh, exceeding levels of interest. Um, I'm also a huge Cone fan. Um, when I was rewatching this for this podcast, I was kind of um, entering a posting fugue state where I was just talking about like how he's got uh, one of the killingest records in film history. Uh, my man's never missed um, even once, uh, and Paranoia Agent uh, is no exception. Um, so I, I just yeah. simply love to see it. Yeah, it is in a way that you fully expect from TV. It's a little bit less like uh, every single second is just meticulously and beautifully animated. But it's also not like none of it looks poorly animated. There's just parts where you can tell like, well, okay, you have a TV budget. And so you had to like make these choices in animating that uh, when you're doing your movies, he will just fucking go out all out with basically every single second. So um but like none of that feels like a miss. It's not poorly animated mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> um, it's just a slightly different vibe as someone who like very recently just rewatched um, Perfect Blue and then Millennium Actress, which we talked about on Ornate Stairwells. Um, and I also just watch Tokyo Godfathers like every single Christmas, basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, it definitely. Um, you know, partly due to the episodic nature, but you can really see when different directors are handling different episodes because there is, um, you know, a, a appreciable but you know still a noticeable style change uh, from time to time. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, same thing held with Twin Peaks. The Lynch episodes are dramatically different than the other folks. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what what are your experiences with this, Craig? Uh, so uh, Josh got this for me as a Christmas present, I believe, or was it birthday? I think it was Christmas. Um, I think it was this past Christmas. Yeah, I believe it was Christmas. Yeah. So, um, I had never seen it before, but I love Cone and, um, you know, I was especially fond of Perfect Blue and once Alex and I got to see it in theaters together and it was a nice little friendship moment. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. I think it's uh, really phenomenal and like, uh, was articulated kind of previously. I, I think it's an interesting um, uh, format change because we're used to seeing uh, in the majority of the man's work um, a feature film. Um, and now we've got episodic content that is, uh, you know, stuck to a certain time format and budget format. And I don't know, I, I think it brings out a different kind of side of him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a looseness to a lot of the episodes that uh, I appreciate. Um, uh, there's a kind of um, uh, there's more room to breathe, but not in the uh, which isn't to say that there's like no room to breathe in his other work, but it's a different type of breathing. It's a different type of like staying with a character during moments that are like perhaps even more like inconsequential or like micro um than uh some other things so like in a way you get like closer studies um or like more i don't know it's just different it's a different format it's a different texture yeah. and it's like fantastic that he had this uh opportunity i'm like really grateful that um you know it, it's not just a legacy of film it's a legacy of film and this very unique uh one-off uh, series it's great yeah one thing that i have noticed um just watching the first part of it here uh i think in his films uh, i think like a characteristic of his style is that his pacing is very uh patient um and i think that exists like in the films in a way um but even more so uh in paranoia agent um it feels like very patiently paced um and i think that goes along with what you're saying where it's like it's not that there's filler it's just that like there is still meaningful content um but it's like a bit like slower just the way that it's structured like the plot is like moves slower yeah it's pleasantly Um, shaggy yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah um, one thing that also having like 
you know, I'll, I'll probably try to watch uh, Millennium Actress by the time we record for the, the f- like, final episodes of the series. Um, but, um, yeah, Paprika is, like, the one that I just don't watch that often. Um, I kind of enjoy it, but it just, like, hits differently for me or something. Um, but a, a thing that I think about often with his films is... Like he, there are faces he just loves to draw again and again in a way where sometimes it kind of feels like they're just directors where it's like, okay, this director just loves working with these actors. And you Mm, almost get that vibe with his, with his, um, movies of like, wow, you could just see the same main actress playing in like a bunch of these. (laughs) Um, whereas here, I think just like by the fact that it is a a TV show, it needs to have more of an ensemble cast. And so it's also really fun just seeing, um, obviously you get certain, uh, faces or character types who he returns to a lot, but also I just feel like there's a greater variety in characters and in like faces, um, which is great. He draws some like extremely expressive, wonderful faces. Um, so that that's also just been something I've been enjoying here is like as someone who loves his work in part for the animation and um, both the way that he can do he can do this meticulous stuff, but also just the way that I think he's extremely good at um, like creating emotions on a face and having faces like really like screw up or scrunch up or stretch or whatever. Um, I feel like a lot of that is on display in this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say there's a lot of range in terms of like, um, the the way faces are drawn, um, and how information or like emotion is evoked. Um, going from like one of the details that stands out to me is the, um, the meeting that Harumi has with, um, God, I'm already blanking on the detective's name, um, Kazuki. Uh, where he's like questioning her about, um, oh, like, oh no, sorry, Manua, not Kazuki. Yeah, Manua. Manua. Um, where he's asking about, oh, were you, um, going through anything at the time you got attacked? Um, and like the change in her face is just like so subtle. Um, but it conveys so much, uh, like tension. Uh, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have like the extreme distortions that happen and like the surreal moments or whatever. Um, uh, or, and then, you know, um, everything in between, um, some of the like extreme close-ups, um, of like Ikari when he's interrogating people, when his face is like looming, um, there's like an incredible range there. Um, and I also, um, slightly related uh it feels very balanced uh in terms of the the way the world is presented um i think part of the patience is that it doesn't like it immediately like uh we're shown a whole variety of different people like very quickly um and it doesn't really lock in like it resists locking in on one primary character um so you have like a whole a very wide uh, cast of characters who are all presented. Um, but then it also takes a lot of time to like, not only between the different characters, but also um, just like the setting um, and like the environment um, and uh, like. Even background. like the genre it will like kind of play with throughout episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I think Craig's earlier comparison to um, Twin Peaks is like a great sort of analog there because like this this like web of people sort of um, establishes something greater than the sum of its parts, which I think Twin Peaks also does as well. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think that's on display here to sort of give this sort of um, oh richness, another dimension or something. Yeah, yeah, they, um, f- it feels like there's a. The world feels large and um, there's like depth to it uh, in a way that I think is, is actually really meaningful for the themes of the show um, as focused as it is on like just um, 
like social phenomena um and like social malaise um and then like how that moves between the individual and and the collective um yeah so those are some of my rapid reactions but i think uh maybe i should save most uh (laughs) what what else i have to say for the next episode yeah, we can get into more detail when we talk about the actual episodes, but I uh, don't want to spoil too much here uh, for people watching along with the podcast. Um, I do think that the the Twin Peaks comparison uh, is apt. I thought of it too watching this um, and also thought about because we just did Serial Experiments Lane. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is this is dealing with some some similar uh, similar themes um, and also pulling from some similar sources. Um, I think they're using a lot of the same like imagery. Yeah. There's even like similar uh, imagery between the two. Power lines, Um, the crows, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, And I think that like my guess is uh, Connor, you might be enjoying this more. My guess is uh, I don't think autumn has watched paranoia agent, but if they're watching along with like this uh, podcast as it goes out, um, my guess is they might enjoy it more than lane because uh, there's more like plot. <laughs> Lane right? slaps. Yeah, uh, Lane is great, but it, it it's like extremely all vibes, and so I think there's a, it's a thing where it's just like like I think Autumn in particular didn't fully vibe with it, um, and that's just a thing where it's like I don't know how to like surmount that because it's that's it just is the thing that it is. Um, Whereas yeah. this, I feel like there there is like more other hooks to get various people in, um, but also it's a little less abstract as a uh, as part of that. Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to say um, because with Lane, my feelings uh, or just like my organic enjoyment of it really changed a lot from like our first discussion to our second. Um, yeah i feel like once i had seen like the back half of lane um i i enjoyed it like a lot more just um like retroactively uh and this yeah i'm i'm like organically enjoying it um like from the jump um yeah but we'll see we'll see what happens between this and our second discussion yeah maybe it won't stick the landing for you in the same way um, but yeah, and I think as part of that, like Twin Peaks is an obvious poll here, as well as I think that this movie is really obviously pulling from a lot of like V cinema and, um, like Japanese cinema that was happening in the nineties, as well as that stuff has its like roots in, um, the like art theater guild stuff from sixties and seventies, um, you know, one of the early Art Theater Guild films, which uh, I briefly talked about on a Sterols episode, um, Nanami Inferno of First Love, is like one of these movies that is specifically pulling in, oh, here we're going to have like these psychological elements and find interesting ways of portraying them in a way mm-hmm. where I just watched that and I was like, oh, I would not be surprised if Cohen watched this movie and enjoyed it. Um as like a thing that is specifically dealing with like sexual abuse and how that has trauma on the human brain and then how that like creates fractured senses of self and like how do we portray uh going through therapy in like film um especially like hypnotherapy uh all of that stuff seems like stuff that could be an influence here and of course obviously con has like an appreciation for um a lot of Western cinema as well. I think you can see that thread is his films, but like millennium actress is a love letter to the history of Japanese cinema. Um, and I definitely see a lot of, uh, experimental stuff. And I think he is like also in dialogue with a lot of the directors, um, like Kurosawa Kiyoshi, um, and Mike Takashi and stuff where, um, he, he's trying to make these similar, sort of psychological dramas. Um, and what's fun about this is that he can kind of do, he he can pull from stuff and he can do genre pastiches even faster than he can in like a, a movie because it's just one episode of the show. Um, so that's, 
part of what I'm enjoying, even as there are some episodes where I'm like, ah, this one's the perfect blue episode. Ah, <laughs> this one's the Millennium Actress episode or whatever, um, just in terms of like some of the, the stylistic or like genre things he's pulling from. Um, yeah, it, it's just a delight to, to watch. Like one, I'm just going to do one small detail because it shows up very early and it's just a recurring <laughs> image in um, this show, but is the old man writing equations on the sidewalk and this like whole thing of like trying to figure out what the equations mean and who can understand it and who, and who can't, which is just like a very key symbol in Serpent's Path, a Kurosawa Kiyoshi film. Um that I would not be surprised if it's like a direct reference. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think that's all I have. I don't know if other people have final comments before we wrap this up and then we're going to record the episode discussion, but people will have to wait two weeks to hear that. Uh, folks, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I will, I will leave a little spot here in case we have any work cited. I'll, I'll plop it in. So in terms of work cited, there are actually two uh, things that I bring in. Um, one is an excerpt from a, a talk given at a symposium called the Overcoming Modernity Symposium um, in July of 1942. Uh, this talk was given by uh, Kamei Katsuichiro, and um, the excerpt, at least I don't know if this was the title of the talk, uh, but the excerpt is Detoxifying Culture. Uh, the version that I'm reading is specifically uh, an excerpt that was published in a book called Japanese Philosophy, a Source Book, which was edited by James W. Heisig, Thomas P. Kasulis, and John C. Moraldo. Um, in, in terms of the uh, other work here, uh, so this one uh, comes from a book uh, called What is Modernity? Writings of Takeuchi Yoshimi. Uh, this was edited, translated, uh, and has an introduction from Richard F. Kalikman. Um, and the specific passage that I read is actually a quote uh, from the writer uh, Odagiri Hideo. Uh, and it is from uh, On Overcoming Modernity, which was published in uh, the journal Literature in April of 1958, but um, specifically using the, the sort of translation that's quoted here um, in this book. So um, the, those are sort of the, the two main things here um, that I'm pulling to explain uh, this concept of overcoming modernity, which uh, became a, a key concept in uh, post-war or actually like during the war um, in Japan and then in post-war Japan had to work through a lot of it um, because uh, as I'll get in and get into um, in the the discussion episode uh, ended up being tied to a lot of ideas of fascism. Um, And then next time we will be back to talk about episodes one through seven. So join us for that. If you have emails for the podcast, send them into ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. We'll answer them when we get to the question bucket. Um, you can support the network by going to exportaud.io, which will take you to the Patreon. Um, there are links to the podcast on there. Uh, and then you can also sign up. And if you do $1 a month, then you get early access to a bunch of podcasts, uh, including not this one. We are not a, a week early there, but Pondering Puton, the other podcast I do with Connor, um, where we read a chapter of Puton or of Cromartie High School every week and sometimes talk about it. Um, you can also find that at exportodd.io slash Puton for like the, the free feed. Um, and then also Ornate Stairwells, which I've mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, which is the movie podcast that I do with my friend Autumn. You can go to exportodd.io slash Ornate Stairwells for that free feed. Um, you can follow us at Ghost Divers Pod or at Ghost Divers on co-host. Um, Ghost Divers Pod would be Twitter. You can follow me at Fox Mom Nia on Twitter and co-host or at Media of Pile. A media of underscore pile on Twitter. Where can people follow you, Connor? Uh, y'all can follow me at uh, Rebelais, R-E-B-B-L-E-A-I-S, on Twitter and co-host. And some fans, boys, what do you want to? What do you want to promo? Um, do you want people to follow you? I understand if you don't. 
well, yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, uh, you can listen to uh, Craig and I and our um, uh, our beloved sibling, uh, Alex. Uh, every week we uh, talk about a movie. Uh, we're a genre film podcast, typically an erotic thriller podcast, but we often break that up with various series uh, throughout the year. Uh, we just wrapped up our um, Cruel Summer series, a study of noir, crime, neo-noir, what have you. Um, and in the Halloween time in October, we will be doing our horror series, Bloodbath. Um, but aside from that, uh, it's erotic thrillers. Um, so if you want to listen to that, you can find that, um, at all your podcatchers, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, um, and on social media at user swim fans pod, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Um, and you can find me, myself and I at user Amans on all those same spots, A-M-O-N-N-S. Uh, you can find me at at Craig Neeson on Instagram and Letterboxd and com. <laughs> All right. And if people want recommendations for some fans episodes, uh, I was on two to talk about uh, Battles Without Honor and Humanity and Sonatine. So people can find those ones. Uh, You've also done multiple Kone Satoshi movies. Have you done all of them at this point or is there one that you still need to do? We have done them all. Um, Perfect Blue and Tokyo Godfathers are regular swim fans episodes. Um but um, Millennium Actress and Paprika are uh, sort of our mini-series uh, that we call Anime Club. Um, so we've done those uh, with our Anime Club correspondent, Corinne Mo. Um, so yeah, we've, 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 done, we've done them all by this point. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's it. We just say bye on this podcast. We don't have a fun sign-off. I know some do. Everybody say bye. 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 In terms of content warnings for this series, I think the the biggest one is that the the series is really concerned about um, with with mental health crises. Uh, it is uh, depicting mental cr- health crises happening in people um, and senses of escapism and things like that. So uh, this includes like dissociative identity disorder. I think is one of the big ones that um, you know w- we get into what we think was, is going on with there, but it may not be. It's better than certainly some Hollywood, you know, the quote unquote Hollywood depiction of uh, a split personality, quote unquote. Um, but it's definitely still playing in that genre space, even if I think it handles a little bit better than some other works. Um, but, uh, you know, includes a, a number of other mental health issues. Um, as part of this, there are some uh, suggestions and depictions of self-harm and suicide. Uh, there's also... Uh, stuff around stalking, sexual assault, uh, rape, and um, child abuse, uh, specifically um, sort of surveillance of a, a, a young girl um, while she is changing uh, using hidden cameras, uh, which obviously can be uncomfortable uh, for a lot of people. Um, sort of in all of this, uh, there's also some depiction of murder, blood, violence, and death, uh, one of the characters is a sex worker, so we we get some depiction of sex work. Uh, sexuality also comes up as a theme. 
Um, and then there's some fat phobia. It gets like specifically highlighted with uh, one character, but some of the designs might feel a little bit fat phobic to people as well. Um, and I think the last big one that I want to call out, uh, just so you know, it can get to, to some people's there's depictions, uh, of an animal death, uh, specifically the death of a pet. Um, it is an accident, but, um, I know that can still be upsetting for people to see. Um, there is a lot going on in the series. I, I think it's a really good one, uh, but definitely a, a lot of content warnings going into it. And, um, if any of this stuff, you know, you're a little bit concerned. I encourage you to uh, Google and, and look into, uh, you know, trigger warnings, content warnings for a paranoia agent. Um, this this series is sort of big enough and um, also, I think, beloved enough for trying to tackle these topics that um, if you Google that, you'll find a number of sites where they are actually digging into some of this stuff and trying to um, explain those. So, you know, there might be stuff that I'm not hitting here because I didn't notice it, uh, but that those sites will get, um, I think that's it. Uh, there's a lot of us just goofing off at the end of this. Um, especially since, uh, Craig wasn't able to make it for the main discussion episodes. Uh, it was definitely still fun to have him here. And, um, you know, we, we joked around a lot before we, we really got into this episode. So I hope you enjoy that, uh, coming up next. All right. Uh, any, any, anyone want to do like a body break or get some more goofs out before we go into that episode? Um, um, I am going to get a refill on my beverage. Okay. Yeah, body break is so, probably so, not a bad idea. Uh, is this going to yeah. be an entirely new file? Yeah, I was just about no, to ask. Just keep recording. Okay. Yeah. Right. Just keep okay. it rolling. All right, I'll be back in just a sec. Yeah. Okay. I am back. All right, I'm back. Hi, back. I am here. <clears throat> Hello. Hi, hi here. Hi here. <laughs> hey, Josh. Um, by the way, I don't know if if you all have seen the poster <clears throat> uh, for that movie I mentioned, uh, Nanami Inferno: First Love, um, but I'm just gonna post it in the the chat because it's fucking incredible. This movie is not animated. It, the poster just rules. Wow. Is this the same artist who did the Belladonna of Sadness poster? Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Um, I looked into it, and I, I don't... I'm not sure. It's like, I don't think it is. It looks very similar. Yeah, super yeah. similar. Um, I definitely thought of that as well. I actually thought this was a poster for Belladonna of Sadness. I think you posted it on Twitter or something, and I was like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cool Belladonna of Sadness poster. Because um, I feel like that poster would have been done by whoever, like, did the art for the movie as well, right? Uh, the Belladonna of Sadness one? You'd think. God, there's so many sick Belladonna of Sadness posters. It's a sick-looking movie. Yeah. But no, the uh, Nanami Inferno of First Love poster. Um, I looked this up and, and found the artist ones. I'm looking at the, ch it the chances of me finding it when you can't are probably zero. But okay, let's not count yourself out here. You can yeah. do it. Yeah, you never know. Just blind luck. <laughs> Very. <laughs> There's always a chance. Um, we should just oh, have the here. episode just be this. Uh, Akira Uno. And he, he stylizes his name uh, Akira. Hell yeah. Um, but... Yeah, he's a he's an artist that did a bunch of uh, posters for Art Theater Guild, which like um, Pastoral and Throw Away Your Books, Rally in the Streets were Art Theater Guild movies as well. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like 
swim fans would enjoy Nanami Inferno of First Love. It was a good movie. It was like a difficult movie because it is about child sex abuse, but um, it was good. <laughs> um, uh, any goofs or are we just going to get into the next episode? I mean, after that, I don't, yeah. I don't think right. so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bring it down. It's just a good movie. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, right. I, I feel good about um, starting episode two. Everyone is good. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, real quick before we start, um, I don't know if y'all want to look at the notes document, um, but I think Neve, are these your notes? Oh yeah. Before we actually, so uh, I I mostly pulled these from Wikipedia, although I edited some of them a little bit because um, they just felt. I didn't like go through all of them, but there were a few in particular where I was like, you are not really giving any information. Um, yeah, we'll do the synopses. And then, yeah, I did put notes in there as well. And, um, so did and I, I, I was wondering if people wanted to claim episodes that they want to do synopses for. I already claimed episode three. Um, I'll, I'll do yeah. the, fr- well, I'll do the first one. Okay. Uh, Show them how it's done. Uh, I don't care. Assign me. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I sort of like the Yuichi episode. Okay, you can get Yuichi. Uh, I like Holy Warrior. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of mid on that one, but um, I, I get uh, great Akari content, so I am uh, oh, uh, that's enthralled true. with Holy Warrior. That's true. Mm, yeah. Um, all right. Um, let's see. I will claim episode seven. Just I don't know if anybody else is familiar with Katakana, but uh, I did make a note that wasn't in the Wikipedia article there, but I can explain it. Um, so what we have... Uh, let's see. I guess we just have two left. Fear of a direct hit and megahertz yeah the dreadful no. ones um i'll i'll do whatever okay. i'll do episode four okay well now we have connor connor there we go <laughs> yeah I, i'm being doubled it's very on theme um if if no one's gonna step up and take fear of a direct hit i guess i can do both great okay I will I will jump on that grenade for you all. <laughs> um all right. Any final notes before we get into it? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Buttons hit. Um, I'm recording. Do we want oh wait. Can Craig, I have a request for you. Yes. Uh, can you say in the most robot voice possible, now recording? Now re- Fuck. I can't- <laughs> See, I can't do it like him. Now re- Fuck. See, that was so close. He, it sounds a little bit- It sounds a little bit, like, withered when you do it. Now, yeah. now, like re- age. now recording. That was pretty good. Uh, that was good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he comes over, beats me up, uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I he think... has keys to my apartment. Just kicks my ass every every once in a while. I, I think we compromised wow. you by trying to make you be him. Yeah, truly unrealistic. Yeah, it's, it's too uh, high of a bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like a living face uh, filter. You know, it's just, how, how could I compete? I didn't know Craig yeah. was violent like that. We thought Craig oh, was yeah. just kind of like the worst. His worst trait was being like a little unreliable. But no, this no, is a whole new brutal. side that I. Yeah. Oh no, he's a dog Brutal. for sure. He's That's very, shocking. Very Christian Gray. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, that uh, that really casts all the all the podcasts we recorded with with Craig the robot in a different light now. Yeah. Yeah. We did frequently insult him, so maybe he's a switch and just liked it that I took control. <laughs> the alpha digital craig and the chad uh or no 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 uh the 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 the, the incel uh loser George, uh, actual craig 
Um, that was the only bit I had planned was just asking you to do the Craig voice. Oh, that's good. No, yeah, it was good. good. Um, do we want to do? Do we want to do time that time that is since we have so many people? Yeah, we definitely need to do a time that is clap for this. I got it up. All right. Um, yeah, I have it up as well. Okay, what time y'all got? Uh, four forty-eight fifty-two. Three, oh yeah, me too. Four, four five, five, six, seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. <laughs> um. All right. Let's do like sixteen. Okay. You gave us like some good time to contemplate this clap. Right. Yeah. I'm overthinking the clap. <laughs> okay. That was a weak uh, clap. I accidentally hit my my pop filter and it just completely <laughs> threw me off. But I think I got it at the right time. Uh, do, do we need to do one more? Uh, sure. Why not? Okay. All right, we'll do 39. Oh, okay. 40. 40 it is. <laughs> <laughs> These odd numbers. Um, yeah, Neve has I'm a lot a, of trouble with with like keeping up sometimes, so uh-huh. I make I'm sure a, to do I'm a, a noted lot of hater runway. of doing it on the zero. Why? <laughs> you know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> so don't tell there are, me. <laughs> there are a lot of honestly, there are a lot of times that are banned. <laughs> zero and five is banned, and then no, five is fine. Well, but. I don't think Autumn likes fives, and so when Autumn records with us, which they are the most frequent guest, um, then we can't do five. Well, I can't. I can't keep I track, think. so then we just never do five either. Yeah. And then at some point there was something about even numbers. Maybe that was me. Where I just decided I was like, yeah, fuck it. Since we're banning time, like different yeah. times, or just let's just ban even numbers. <laughs> uh, so now we, I, I tend to do odds more often. I think ghost yeah, divers might cause... exist to make me more insane. <laughs> it's like in the town square, burning yes. every Gregorian calendar you can get your hands on. Yeah, but it's my mental emotional state. <laughs> we, we don't. Yeah, we don't acknowledge any uh, any times that end in a number of seconds that are even. Great. We only exist for half the time, basically. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works out though. It, it works out. <laughs> That's why our podcasts are so long because we think we're only recording a one and a half hour ep- uh, episode. Oh yeah, 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 um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Everything uh, like half the episode is just like dark matter, basically. Um do do we want to do the like normal segment of this post uh, ending part where we do drink check? Yeah, just whatever you're drinking during recording. We haven't done a drink check in a while. Yeah, gu- yeah. guide us where you're where you're clay. Okay, um, so we say drink check, and then you say what you're drinking. Great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shall I go first? I can do. I can do an example. Yeah. Here. Why don't you? Okay. Uh, so I have some tea that I made, which is why I was slightly late. Although the exact same amount of late is gone. <laughs> um, it's I also black made tea. tea. That's why. Yeah. It's a psalm. Uh, it has a little bit of sugar and milk in it. Um, then I have for for booze. I have this off color brewing. Um, it's called Yuzu Fierce. Uh, it's a Berliner style Weisse ale brewed with yuzu. Um, and then I have water, of course. Got to stay hydrated. <laughs> Genie, if your mom lets you have three beverages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, really, um, you're, the, you're really going yeah. hard over there with your I am Asami's black tea <laughs> Assam I don't think we I didn't know we were that high end over here who wants to go next it's good to have oh, that uh, it's good to have that on hand in case you yeah. want to make chai yeah that that's Asami's, why I have it it's really, yeah. That's what I figured. I was like, yeah, I know what you're doing with that. Yeah. So uh, I have a, a, a large uh, th- white in color, uh, wide mouth. Um, uh, it is full of once filtered uh, uh, water uh, from a pure water filtration system. Oh, this is cowardly. Uh, once filtered. It is. Yeah, I, love I know. this detail. 
it is um, not exactly lukewarm. It's still a little chilly from the fridge, but um, yeah, uh, that's what I got. Um, so do you have the? You would be amazing at writing it, menus. Just to keep it at the like pristine, not quite lukewarm, just a little chilly. Is that why the f- is there? Well, I mean, it helps explain why there's some residual chili. Um, yeah. I'm not being paid by the corporation to say this, uh, but uh, it does you've actually been the, blacklisted uh, by the corporation. Yeah, they they, uh, they don't want me associated with their products. Uh, what did you do to the? <laughs> uh, Craig keeps uh, emailing them asking what that wide mouth do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and that's a good. That's good because uh, we have a sponsorship deal with Squirt, and so we're not allowed to try and sell any other beverages. We can mm. talk about them, but the only beverage we're allowed to like actually promote and tell people to go and buy is Squirt. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you like Squirt and you like it cold, you can put it in it <laughs> with a wide uh, mouth. The wide mouth. Squirt, Squirt did not approve of this. <laughs> this. You have to bleep every time you said. Yeah. <laughs> Squirt in that wide mouth. <laughs> really, it's a, there is a choice beverage. <laughs> I and now I know it might. My... I love drinking and... my lukewarm squirt out of my wife. <laughs> and now I know what my plans are for next weekend. Yeah. Um. There's two. There's two more of you. I'll Drink go. check. Um, I, okay. my, my father recently, um, as a gift, purchased uh, my boyfriend and I a, a soda stream. Um, so I have um, unflavored uh, carbonated water um, with a graceful, subtle, narrow mouth, um, but a wide body. Um, so it's sort of like <laughs> sort of like a bottle shape, right? So that's yeah, weird, trying yeah. to trying to capture that bottle experience. One hundred percent. I would okay. say temperature wise, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe a little cooler than room temperature, just a hint of chill. Uh, but because it's not in a uh, 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 any sort of um, uh, a thermo dynamic uh, jug, uh, it will quickly approach room temperature. <laughs> Thank so, you for not using the brand name. Then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so not, with not that- using the, the latest technology, uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so w- um, with that narrow mouth, how does that like affect the mouthfeel of the sparkling water, like the carbonation? Mm-hmm. So um, when the water flows from the um, the wide body of the bottle into, um, again, the graceful... Um, uh, a kiss of the narrow mouth against yours. Yeah. It really um, kind of spirals in. There's like a spinning effect. Um, you know, so it, it always feels very uh, refreshing when it hits the hits the palate. Yeah, I'm imagining that like the, just like the, it, I'm like a very supple mouthfeel. Because <laughs> it's not too much at once. Right. It's just like a consistent, like like you're saying, like the spiral, like, Right yeah. under your tongue. Yeah, what the, what the bottle knows now, is that you got to keep coming back for more. It can't give it to you all up front. Mm. Now, now, this isn't important because, like, there's different diameters of, like, bottle top, you know? Mm-hmm. And I enjoy when it's, like, just large enough that it's still, like, a, a narrow mouth. But you're able – it's not like your mouth is, like, fully over the the – orifice of the bottle and so you get a little bit of that carbonation coming up and and tickling your nose right do you have any do you have any nostril tickling here yeah well because only a psychopath would put their entire mouth over the entire (laughs) mouth of the bottle only a psycho would french kiss the bottle that they're drinking from um so yeah i am getting the nostril tickle okay well that leaves you connor um Okay, yeah. So uh, I also have three beverages. Um, my mom said just like just this once because it's Saturday. Yeah, right. um, I approved it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm having three beverages. You can too. Yeah, you cast um, you yeah. you uh, cashed in your cheat tokens for the week. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I did. I did all the laundry earlier. So. Um, so uh. First, I have, um, by the way, Craig, I appreciate the 
additional level of detail that you brought to the drink check. Um, heretofore, we haven't really brought in the uh, the vessel uh, as much, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it's a great uh, it's a great nuance. So um, I have uh, my University of Miami thermal flask, um, which I've had for like at least a decade. This is not like a new gen thermal flask. This is like old gen. You know, we're not mm-hmm. talking about like, I mean, I'm not going to say the brand name because I don't like, I don't curry corporate sponsorships like Neve does. Um, except Squirt. Except Squirt, right. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's like, it's not a very good thermal flask is what I'm trying to say. Um, but it is University of Miami. Um, so uh, So that's fun. It's got that really uh, like ugly orange lid. Um, it is. Uh, I'm trying to gauge the size of the mouth right now, like relative to. Why don't you put your uh, mouth over the mouth and then you know that that will uh, <laughs> remind you how wide the mouth is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is gonna like, be a good. Hold like on. Does your on. does your nose get in the the mouth? <laughs> Or not. That's like an important distinction here. So one thing I appreciate about this lid. So I'd say that the mouth is about like an inch uh, in length. And then like, I don't know, two centimeters. Um, It kind of like on the edges, it's tapered. But in the center, it's like more of just a circle. So it's wider a little bit in the center. And then it kind of tapers out on either side into like a more... um, just like uh cylindrical if that makes sense um and it's like a few centimeters in height like one inch uh uh like side to side mm-hmm. um the nice thing about this is that like the lid itself um directly in front of like the opening it has like this lip that goes up um probably about like a half inch higher than the rest of like the top of the lid. Um, and it creates like a curved effect down into like the actual mouth. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to like, like you can rest your lower lip underneath the like lip of the lid. Um, and then like your top lip can like gently touch the, like uh, the base of the lid on like on the interior lid. Um, and then it's a really clean flow, like from the from the tumbler into your mouth. I love a clean um, flow. Yeah, yeah, it's very erotic. Mm. Um, so I appreciate I, I really appreciate this cup. Um, and uh, inside it, I have uh, some green tea. Uh, the um, it's called the Kyoto Cherry Rose. So. Uh, there's not much more. I think it does have like cherry blossoms in it. Um, and you yeah. can taste it. It's really, it's pleasant. Um, on the other side, uh, I have water in my big cup. It's blue. Um, it's kind of like, uh, it's a tall cylinder, uh, but it has like ridges on the outside. Uh, this cup I for got gripping. from my mom. Yeah. Yeah. For gripping. Yeah. It's very, um, mm-hmm. Grip friendly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's one could say it's like ribbed on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got this from my mom, uh, who has had it. Like I've been drinking out of this cup like for as long as I can remember. Uh, and I like when I was a kid, this always used to be my go-to, and then I got it from my mom, and now I have it. Um. It is not like, I don't think it's a particularly resilient plastic. Uh, it's definitely been through a lot and I probably yeah. shouldn't drink out of it anymore. Uh, it's probably like well into the deterioration stage. Uh, well, that's a, I mean, <laughs> that's like, an interesting layer though, right? Is this is a, yeah. a cup with, with emotionality attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And carcinogens. 
Yeah, yes. um, yeah, yeah. yeah. and so, microplastics. The 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 cherry blossoms play elegantly with the BPA. Um, uh, the they the do friction. It's, it's, yeah, it's molecular gastronomy. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think um, you've gotten closest so far, Connor, to, to nailing the themes of paranoia agent with your drink choice. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, that's what I'm going for. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, um, I think, uh, I was watching MasterChef Australia the other day and I think, uh, they had someone on there who was doing, um, like a really, uh, cutting edge, like dish, uh, yeah. that was using like cherry blossoms and carcinogens. <laughs> uh, yeah. so I think it's like very on trend right now. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then lastly, I have a can of beer. Um, oh, stunning. From, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. You know, it's white. It's in baby blue. It's from a brewery called 50 West. Uh, and it's called Doom Pedal, um, which I don't have any comments now, about. Oh, maybe you do. Is, Go for it. Well, is it, is it pedal like flower? No, it's or like a bike like, pedal. Like, like a bike pedaling. pedal. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Important like, distinction there, I think. Yeah, I think it would be a little bit like Doom Petal with a T. Yeah. It's a little cooler of a name. Um, yeah. Doom Petal just like, it's not really evocative for me. Um, I mean, it, do, like, it does sound like a final attack, though, like a final move. Yeah, especially for like a uh, m- motorcycle or bicycle based character. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, it would have to be it would have to be a bicycle because motorcycle. Like, yeah, it just or it could be one of those um, uh, sip and cycle things. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, maybe it's like some sort of character that drives a sip and cycle but they're just they're so strong that it's just them they don't even need a bunch of drunk people mm-hmm. um, and it's this is the final move uh i don't even know what i'm talking about anymore uh <laughs> it's, a, it's a white it's a white it's a white ale um, it's it's okay it's okay yeah uh i guess uh, since i didn't describe vessels do i need to describe mine for you all i i think you got to take that l uh okay. Yeah, you just you just weren't. I don't know. You just that's what happens when you go first. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna crack open the beer, and then do we have any more goofs we're gonna do, or are we starting this podcast? I'm okay. I'm ready. Yeah, ready let's get to into it. Podcast. I'm ready. Okay. Who? That's tart. Hello I mean, is, and welcome to what? What? <laughs> Who's it talking? is Yuzu. It is Yuzu. I know. Anyway, the way you said that, it was just like you didn't expect it to be tart. Well, but it can be various levels of tart. 